and welcome to Stratcom Conversations, a podcast about strategic communication and journalism. I'm your host, Todd Votes. This episode of the podcast is a special end-of-semester episode. In it, I'm reflecting on the strategic communications management course I've been taking and that inspired this podcast. I'm going to approach this reflection in several parts. First, I'll briefly discuss the reading materials presented. Then I will talk about the assignments that were completed. Next, I will discuss the topic of strategic communication and what I've learned about the subject. Finally, I will share a few concluding thoughts and directions for the future of this podcast. So let's get on with it. First, the readings. The primary text for this class was Principles of Strategic Communication by Jarena Holtzhausen, Jamie A. Fullerton, Bobby K. Lewis, and Danny Shipka, and I really liked it. I had some issues getting a copy from Amazon, but once I did get my hands on it, I actually read it. That may not sound like a glowing compliment, but it is, especially for an assigned book. It wasn't like in some other classes where I buy a book and then don't actually read it. I read this book because it was good, and I'm glad I bought it instead of renting it. I want to keep it on my shelf. Also, it was a new book, having just come out in July of 2021. That allowed it to be topical. The authors did well with bringing in recent examples of strategic communication from the real world. It's always nice to see a reference to some event and know what is being talked about. In some texts, that isn't the case. I can, it can take too long for a book to be published, and then some of the content ends up feeling dated. This book felt fresh. Will it stay that way? I don't know. But I'd like to think it will. The writing is easy to read and understand, even as more complicated concepts are being discussed, which will go a long way in keeping the text relevant. In fact, I'm considering adopting the text for my own public relations and strategic communication classes. Of course, if I do that, I may not use the supplemental readings, which were academic journal articles, that Professor Dr. Jacob Groshek used. I teach undergraduates, so getting too much into those types of readings feels inappropriate for that level of study. Sure, I might use some of them, but not to the same extent as was done in this class. That isn't to say the supplemental readings weren't good, though. They were, and I liked reading them. Specifically, I enjoyed two articles the most. One was the 2009 Forgive Me Now, Fire Me Later, Mass Communication Students' Ethics Gap Concerning School and Journalism by Mike Conway and Jacob Groshek that appeared in Communication Education. I like this for a couple reasons. First, I've always been a fan of ethics. I think it is a fun topic to discuss and think about. I love that it lives in such a gray zone. While law is pretty black and white, ethics has room for variation from person to person, even if they agree on a general ethical stance or framework. That's fascinating. So obviously, that one piqued my interest. Secondly, though, I liked it because it made me consider my own teaching. I teach a media, law, and ethics class as part of my course rotation. I don't get to teach it every year. In fact, I only get to teach it during the spring semesters of even years. That means the last time I was able to teach it was when the COVID-19 pandemic shut us down. I'd structured the class to cover the law portion during the first half of the semester, leaving the second half for ethics. Of course, it was the ethics portion that then got the short end of the stick. As I've been thinking about my spring 2022 semester, I've been pondering how I can make the ethics part of my class better, especially since I didn't get to do much experimentation with it last time. This article gave me some ideas, and if I'm being honest, I just read a 2019 journal article that has truly inspired me, but that's a discussion for a different day. The other supplemental reading I 
uh, supplemental article I enjoyed reading, was the 2011 Media, Instability, and Democracy, examining the Granger-Causal relationship of 122 countries from 1946 to 2003 by, Do by uh, Jacob Groshek that appeared in the Journal of Communication. I like this one because I truly learned something new. I wasn't familiar with the Granger causality test. If you aren't either, I determined this idea to be a statistical hypothesis process in which it can be determined if a one-time event can be used to forecast another. Also, I learned about media system dependency theory. I love learning about mass communication theories, and this was one I had only passing knowledge of. Essentially, this theory suggests that media and audiences need to be considered within the larger context of the society in which they exist. The timing of reading about this theory struck me as interesting. See, in other courses I'm taking, I've been exploring ideas of social capital and how journalism builds community and supports democracy. Encountering this reading when I did felt like the stars were aligning a bit, and at least telling me that I was on the right path as far as my thinking goes. I often worry I'm way off base, and wasting my time, but then I get little glimmers of hope, like coming across this article. Of course, all of the readings were helpful when it came to the assignments. One of the main assignments was the creation and maintenance of this podcast. I liked doing this a lot. It wasn't always the most convenient assignment to do because I have children constantly making noise in my house, which meant I often had to sit in my pickup in the garage and record to try to achieve some level of sound quality. But it was fun. I love podcasts. I listen to them constantly. At the moment, I subscribe to 36 of them. Several of them are daily podcasts, so I listen to most of them at 2x speed. I've gotten used to hearing the voices sped up. That took time, but now when I listen to some of them at regular speed, it doesn't sound right. Regardless, because of my love for podcasts, I always thought it would be fun to have my own. Since creating a podcast was an assignment for this course, I got to experiment with it, including with a video podcast, or vodcast. I'm thankful I did, and it helped me brush up on my audio and video editing skills a bit. Outside of the podcast, four other sign assignments really stood out to me. One was creating a professional profile about a strategic communication professional. This was fun because it gave me an opportunity to go back to my roots and do some reporting. I interviewed someone I had never had interactions with before, so I got to meet someone new. Then I got to write a feature article about the individual. I love reporting and writing. So this was great. I was proud of the final product, and the subject of my profile said he liked it too. If you've been listening to this podcast, you can hear that full interview in a previous episode. Another assignment I enjoyed was the mini-literature review. In this, we were to pick a scholarly, peer-reviewed journal article and break it down. I've had to write numerous literature reviews as part of my educational journey. This one was one of the few that focused on just one piece of literature instead of synthesizing several pieces together. That was nice. It helped me to really dissect how an article was written, which will be helpful moving forward as I attempt to get my own research published in journals. A third assignment I enjoyed was performing a SWOT, Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, Threats, Analysis, over a media company that operates in my part of the state and is owned by a person I went to college with. First and foremost, I was familiar with SWOT, analysis because I used to teach a project management course. So it was nice to be confronted with an assignment I had some base knowledge of in terms of the procedure that was to be completed. More importantly though, it gave me the opportunity to put some thoughts I had rattling about in my head down on paper. 
See, the media company I focused on owned several small-town weekly newspapers in rural Kansas. One of the newspapers was started from the ground up as a way to counter the negative impacts of corporate ownership when the existing local newspaper was bought by Gatehouse. Creating a newspaper to better serve the community is a noble act, and I don't fault that. However, I've been concerned about the implications of consolidated ownership, whether it is a hedge fund or a local company. How will my former classmate be any different than Gatehouse when his company controls most of the media outlets in the area? This concern became more prevalent when COVID-19 hit, and this local company consolidated some of the newspapers into county-wide publications, stripping communities of their individual identities. Now, I've gone on long enough about this, but the short of it is that my analysis suggested that the decision to consolidate was justified in terms of economic and financial reasons. However, from a community identity and social capital perspective, I didn't find a positive result. I need to and want to do more with this. I hope to turn it into a research project in the future. And speaking of an assignment that serves as fodder for future work, the final assignment I found particularly rewarding was doing some low-level discourse and textual analysis of a brand's social media presence through the lens of corporate social responsibility, which, if you're not familiar with the term, helps companies and organizations communicate their practices to their stakeholders, whether it's customers or employees or what have you, in a way that helps the financial health of organizations while also maintaining strong relationships and positive reputations. I chose the Twitter feed of Steakum, the company known for easily prepared cheese steak sandwiches and frozen beef sheets. I decided to use the company's Twitter account because of an April 6, 2020 tweet that said, Friendly reminder in times of uncertainty and misinformation. Anecdotes are not data. Good data is carefully measured and collected information based on a range of subject-dependent factors, including, but not limited to, controlled variables, meta-analysis, and randomization. I thought that was a pretty interesting social media post from a brand like Stakem, so I started following the company. Then, when this assignment came up, I knew I had to look into the company a bit more. Without going into too many details, I found the use of Twitter by Stakem to be a positive practice in terms of the company's corporate social responsibility efforts. The account combats misinformation and encourages people to be better. By promoting this pro-social behavior, Stakem feeds a segment of the internet hungry for intelligent, data-driven content amid the smorgasbord of anecdotes, opinions, and memes on social media. By satiating this appetite, Stakem separates itself from the competition and attracts a wider audience, expanding opportunities to sell its meat products. The approach Stakem takes to Twitter presents a delicious opportunity to conduct further research. The company's activities on social media could also be investigated from the perspective of a variety of mass, communica mass communication theories. Regardless of the approach, Stakem would provide an interesting and enjoyable case study. The company provides humorous, philosophical, insightful, intelligent, and unusual social media content, and this is accomplished by engaging authentically with the audience. Obviously, the Twitter account exists to help sell the company's frozen meat products, but the posts provide more than a sales pitch. What Stakem serves via Twitter can be a recipe for success for all social media users, not just brands. The key is to do so carefully and in a way that doesn't feel forced or disingenuous. Further research into the social media activities of the company could help create a cookbook for having Stakem-level success online. 
I'm excited for the possibilities. In fact, I hope to start gathering more social media posts from Stakem and a few other brands soon as the first step of a research project. Anyway, through these assignments and the previously mentioned readings, I feel like I gained a new perspective about strategic communication. It is a field that is far more nuanced than I previously thought. The scope of strategic communication is broader. It is more than public relations work, advertising, or marketing. It is all of those things. Now I love journalism and reporting the news, but strategic communication would be something I would consider going into if I wasn't in the academic world. It would be exciting. I'd still get to do my favorite tasks of writing content like press releases and interacting with people, such as stakeholders, but I'd also get to do so much more. Overall, I found this class to be exceedingly valuable. I'm glad I took this class. I learned a lot, and I had the opportunity to take part in numerous activities that were fun and provided a foundation for activities I would like to pursue in the future. One thing I particularly enjoyed, as I mentioned earlier, was creating this podcast. So I hope to find a way to continue producing it. However, it's too early to say for sure if I'll be able to do that. The structure of this course helped me to produce content on a somewhat regular basis. With the class ending, I'll have to be more intentional about producing content. Furthermore, though I do teach some public relations classes, the scope of this podcast may be too narrow. I might need to expand the possible coverage areas to include all things communication, journalism, and education, especially as I continue to pursue my PhD and teach at the college level. That might mean rebranding or creating a new podcast. I could call it a spin-off. Sure, not all spin-offs work. Think about Joni Loves Chachi from Happy Days, that, a- that 80s show after that 70s show, or ugh, Joey from Friends. However, one spinoff really worked, and that was Frasier. Frasier is a spinoff of Cheers, and my wife and I have been binge-watching it lately. It is decidedly better than its source material. Don't believe me? We should discuss it further, but at least look at the number of awards Frasier won versus Cheers. Frasier won 31 Emmys, including five consecutive Best Comedy Series awards. Furthermore, in Frasier, the main character has a radio show, and a podcast is essentially an on-demand radio show. Yeah, things look good for my own foray into the world of the spinoff. Maybe my first episode would even be an explanation about why Frasier is superior to Cheers. I'll just have to find a way to tie that in with my intended scope. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this Stratcom conversation and have at least come away with something to think about. And if I do decide to pursue a new podcast, I'll be sure to share that news here first. So if you haven't subscribed already, do so now to be notified about if and when I move this show in a new direction. Until next time, I'm your host, Todd Votes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk again soon. I hope. Thank you.